The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Plenty to get into. A good day of post-practice from Coach Bill Bush, Coach Applewhite, and a few players as well. So we'll hear from them. Brandon Vogel going to join us. Uh, We'll talk some special teams and the rundown from Vogue's concerns to... A little less concerned with the hierarchy of Nebraska's schedule. And in Hour 2, we'll uh, check in with uh, Husker Legend. His name's on the wall in that north end zone. Uh, All uh, Big 12 performer, Big 12 defensive player of the year, three-time national champion, Super Bowl champ and college football and Husker Hall of Famer Grant Wistrom. Grant going to be with us in an hour, get his take on the upcoming season. And then Coach Barnett will also join us, Gary Barnett, in hour two. Daddy Burke rounds it out with the Vicent Sports Network, some baseball futures from Danny. What's he think of the Padres, their odds uh, upping with the addition of Soto and some uh, national championship long shots or Givens. So when it comes to the college football playoff, what do the boys in the desert say about that? What's your value look like money-wise? Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to dial up. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com and give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, give the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle a follow at H Varsity Radio. Also, uh, always follow Hale Varsity. Elijah, we got to figure out first and foremost, and we can ask Brandon Vogel this. It's uh, a week removed from media days in Nebraska and Northwestern, both uh, camping already. But who's the team to beat in the West, right? I mean, that's the question. Uh, most of us have pegged Wisconsin. They're kind of the automatic until they get dethroned. Uh, although Iowa did dethrone last year and went to the Big Ten title game. There's Purdue that's getting some love. Uh, there's the Nebraska question. Northwestern's gone two of the last four years, coming off three and nine seasons. So let's just circle that and start there before we get into some of the uh, – Nebraska topics with linebacker rotation, running backs, and, uh, of course, who's going to be playing those special team spots. Many starters, it sounds like, which I'm totally good with. But 
uh, it's an ongoing question because the West is so wide open. By November, it's usually come down to that three-horse race where Minnesota was in it had Nebraska held the lead. Had Nebraska held the lead against Iowa, Minnesota goes to get squashed by Ohio, uh, by Michigan this time, forgive me. Listen, full of assumptions. That's going to be Ohio State and Wisconsin every year, right? And Nebraska per FPIs edging out Wisconsin to get into the Big Ten title game this year. We'll we'll see. But quarterback-wise, of that Log jam between Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. I, I lean Minnesota with Captain Morgan. Uh, running back, running game, offensive line. Wisconsin's been better at reloading than Minnesota on the line of scrimmage. And I think Iowa's just too inconsistent on offense. But they but they went last year with that quarterback. Right? So... Is their defense going to be even better and their special teams going to be even better this year uh, with some of their, their young weapons that now have another year under their belt? So I guess I don't have an answer. I'm supposed to have an answer for you. I'm supposed to shout from the mountaintop, this is Nebraska's year. I'm supposed to tell you, here's why Wisconsin will be better with, uh, with Graham Mertz. They let the wrong quarterback go. The guy they let go to Notre Dame, had Notre Dame uh, playing a lot of good football, winning a lot of good football, making plays at quarterback, not just handing off. Don't fumble the ball, son. And then there's Iowa. There's Iowa. So uh, talk to me in two weeks. Can I, can I get a stay, Your Honor? Can I get a stay of two weeks before I decide who, um, who Nebraska and who is the team to beat in the West? Well, as I look at it right now, this kind of – backs up what you say but as of right now the team to beat for nebraska is nebraska and by that i mean the mistakes and the issues they've had over the past couple years you can't be focused on uh like we're, we're trying to stack up against wisconsin this year against iowa that can't be your focus right now the focus has to be we need to clean up the mistakes that have been plaguing us for the past four seasons that's special teams that's turnovers that's penalties at inopportune times that's being able to convert in the red zone. These are the things that if Nebraska just goes and fixes those things, I think they're probably the team to beat in the West. There's been no indication from what you've seen in the Scott Frost era to think that those are going to be cleaned up. Aside from the fact that it's new coaches coming in, you have a new special teams coach, a new offensive coordinator. If those guys can get that done within Nebraska's team and fix the issues that have been their persistent pain in the neck over the past four seasons, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Nebraska is the team in the West, but just to, to get back to what my I was originally saying, you can't focus on those other teams as of right now. You got to focus on yourself. Let's hear from Bill Bush, and uh, you mentioned the coaches. Uh, let's hear from the special teams coordinator, Bill Bush, on just how this coaching staff is gelling. I, I think we've come together really well. You know, it, it, I think from the start, the one thing that helped a bunch was that uh, you know that me and Coach Joseph had worked together. You know, we were here when he was a player and I was a GA, and then spending all that time at LSU together, and and we were used to high tempo, everyone buying in, how it works, and so that helped us a bunch. So Mickey was able to help lead in those areas for us right there. And then every coach right there, once he said, you get what you emphasize, and we emphasize how how we're going to be early, how hard we're going to work. And every assistant coach matches that energy with it, and so that that becomes it just becomes the overall culture of your team and what's expected. So everyone knows they're going. There, there there's no one on the roster 
uh, that is off limits as far as who can go out and, and play. Good. Great. Nebraska is not – there's nobody in bubble wrap on the sideline. You need somebody, one of 11 on special teams, to go make a tackle. You need an athlete to outdo the other dude trying to block him. And if that means it's your two inside linebackers that are going to log a 1,000 snaps quarter one through quarter four, so be it. If that's your starting running back or your best third down back option and Ramir Johnson leading the way, so be it. You're not jacking around anymore with Band-Aids. You can't because it's killed you. That's not subtle. We're going to take guys that are in the running for first team or second team, all Big Ten positions at the linebacker spot. Good. And, and that shouldn't be negotiable. Nebraska needs to get to a point where we mentioned we're going to have Grant Wistrom on. Wistrom, as a true freshman, saw the field. He wasn't starting in front of Dante Jones, but he was good enough to be down on kick coverage. And he thrived at that. And I don't think it's been an issue ever of guys not willing. I hope it wasn't an issue of guys not willing or I'm too good to play special teams. It's probably more the fear of, dude, we can't risk losing said guy. Uh, so we'll just throw somebody else out there and it, you, you get a house call performed on you when it comes to a punt punt return. And I'm going to say something here. I just said on the line change, but I want to get it on the record of the, of the Hale Varsity Show on the official transcript. Um, <laughs> the official transcript. You've been killed for four years on special teams. Would you rather risk losing a starter for a couple weeks or for the season, or would you rather risk losing every single week in one phase of the game consistently game in, game out? Nebraska has lost just about every single – I mean, every single loss they've had pretty consistently, they've lost the special teams phase of the game. And It's been a return. And while you may lose a starter or two throughout the season, if this is how it goes, um, to say injury or even for a couple weeks, I think it's better that you're potentially – uh, making it a wash on special teams or special teams a win for you. Winning that phase of the game, I think, is so much more important than having all 22 starters for every single week of the season and keeping them off the field. It, it just makes more sense because it hasn't been the injuries that have been killing you over the past couple of years. It's been the special teams. Get that fixed first, and then you can cross that next bridge when you get there. Changes. Bill Bush was asked, you know, how is this year different than last season? And uh, it comes to it comes down to attention to detail, and that's not anything you know we're not throwing food at at Dawson he was asked to do a job and oh by the way also handle his own position group this is dedicated specifics and attention with your coordinator more from coach Bush Probably been some changes. You always have a little bit of your own flair to when things come in. Uh, drill work-wise, if, if there's one theme that we're trying to have is that we're trying to have competitive drills, and we use the term game rep. And so the, the, the walk-through phase uh, or, or three-quarter drill phase does not do us any good. So we want to be able to have them out there and compete. So if we're doing a punt return drill, we're going to try to hold guys up. The guys running down are full speed. All those things of that, of that nature. I know I, I love brew. We talked about uh, someone told me the other day about uh, the pancakes and everything. We're not like coming off the third rope uh, and, 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 and doing like uh, live blindside blocks or anything like that, but uh, we're taking care of each other. But our, our effort is outstanding, and uh, I really appreciate it for that with what they're doing. 
So good for Bill Bush and uh, what he's doing. A thought here, uh, last thought from Bill Bush, and we'll get back to uh, more on special teams. Ramir Johnson really highlighted today uh, with what his attitude's been and the uh, type of toughness and leadership he's been showing. Well, Ramir is a, uh, you know, in, however you want to put it, he's an ascending football player, but uh, he's a core, he's a leader, he's part of the of core four of everything we do, and he just says, yes, sir, and, and, and does everything correctly at full speed. Just, I mean, I just have so much respect for Ramir Johnson uh, and where he's at and what we've asked him to do, the different uh, phases as far as running down and being a gunner on the punt team, being on the starting kickoff team, and the starting kickoff return team and on that face he's going to be blocking people so everything that we do he is a huge part of right there and that also is a trickle down effect from the head coach to the position coach because the running back room is outstanding that comes down because of what we have from coach frost and it comes down from what we have from coach applewhite uh, as far as what he's expected in the room and how he pushes that those guys in the room so pretty good there uh, let's hear from coach applewhite specifics to uh, just where the Nebraska setup is, uh, and Applewhite uh, talking a little bit here about Ramir on special teams, willing to let a guy that was uh, the, the team's top back a season ago participate, but there, there's no restrictions anymore, and that's big. He's everything. He's on. He's he's the front line, which is the hardest position in football to play. He's on the front line on kick return, where he's got to drop 15 yards, turn his back to somebody, and then take a charge. Ramirez on that. He's a bullet on punt team. You know, he's a run. He runs down on kickoff. Um, you know, he's he's just he's such an overall athlete, and we're able to you know use his skill set not just on offense but on special teams. Like I said, every running back to me, the running backs are the best athlete on the field, and we've got to show up on special teams. You know, we can't just be an offensive player. Got to do more than just uh, what you're comfortable with. And Nebraska's changing that comfort level. Pretty important. Well, I think it's also great to uh, – I know we've mentioned the fact that, that you want to get the starters out there, but even guys that uh, have made a strong push during fall camp and maybe they're not going to get the snaps offensively that you'd like them to get. Um, I mean, with the running back room, you think uh, – as you look at it right now, four or five guys could be in the running for significant playing time in that running back room. Well, you're probably not going to get four or five guys getting consistent carries and consistent snaps throughout the season. So make a difference on special teams in fall camp and uh, you're going to find a way to get on the field and make a difference. And guess what? That play you make on special teams, that could get you more playing time in the running back room. I think back to Amir Abdullah against Fresno State. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting very much playing time in the running back room. He goes and houses a kick against Fresno State. I think the coaching staff realized, you know what, maybe we need to get this guy into our game plan a little bit more. And by the end of that season, I mean, he still wasn't the, the bell cow, the starter, but uh, Amir Abdul was getting more playing time because of that play he made on special teams and multiple plays he made on special teams. And, and it, it made the coaches notice him and say, you know what, we got to utilize this guy. And it gives other guys uh, that maybe aren't starters but are close that, that chance to show themselves on the field. Well, it's been a 180. It's been an absolute 180. It's and, not a job for walk-ons anymore. No, and and that's not a shot at walk-ons because uh, once upon a time, a guy named Janovich killed it mm-hmm. and, and still does uh, in the NFL on special teams. But it, it's more but of a, it's a commitment. You, you, you want to play a walk-on if the walk-on is the best guy to do that job, not just because he's the walk-on. You want to have the feel-good story to get the walk-on on the field. You want to get the best guy at that position on the special teams. You know? Yeah, it's not disposable anymore mm-hmm. is, is the, the, the reality of it. We'll talk with Brandon Vogel. Who does he think uh, is uh, the West 
uh, Carrot, who is Nebraska chasing, who's everyone in the West chasing, uh, the team to beat in the West. We'll get Vogue's take on that. Also, uh, running back one, does Nebraska have a guy that can do it all? Maybe not day one in Ireland, but by game six, perhaps, uh, by the um, cold November, dare I say November rain, that, that looms. Does Nebraska have that guy on the roster right now that uh, the running game can lean on? Some thoughts from Brandon Vogel. In uh, about an hour, less than an hour, Grant Wistrom will be with us and uh, also Coach Barnett. Great to be with you on a Thursday. You can join us at 466-3776-800-825-5865. And always get to your emails, chris at hailvarsity.com. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery in his football office. It's not quite like Vader's Lair, but it's loaded with books and football trinkets. Uh, Brandon Vogel with his managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Can see what Vogue's football office looks like. Can log on to the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle or ESPN Lincoln Facebook. And uh, our friends up at Omaha uh, at uh, 590 have uh, posted the question and votes for you. Whose stash is better? Barrett Rood with a menacing mean linebacker look and then Elijah Herbal. Uh, that uh, looks all happy. That's not a flattering picture. Picture of you, Elijah Vogues. Are are you thinking of of a of a Barrett Rude tribute this year? Are you going to grow a stash? No, I'm definitely not. Um, that's that's not the right look for me. But I'm. I, I was thinking about this. You know, when you first saw uh, the first track photos from from fall practice. Everybody got a little bit longer look at uh, at Barrett Rude's summer edition. Elijah's been on this corner for a while, yeah, though, I and I mean it's it's not even close in in my in my mind for for that reason. I will say Barrett does have a very nice very nice mustache, but Elijah's been doing this for what months now? Yeah, I, I got tenure on Barrett right now. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's where my votes my votes going. You know what Trev says about tenure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yep. I'm, I'm just saying you may you may have had the stash longer, but I uh, not to start a civil war here, but I got to lean and lean old Rudy. One of these days, my Amazon package with the mustache wax will arrive. Don't I'll, do I'll, that. I'll get the curl. No, and you'll no, see. You'll no, all no. see the light. Who was the who was the defensive lineman who had or was it offensive lineman? I forget that had the the the, the curly mustache a couple of years back. Ross, Ross Zuris. Yeah, yeah, good old Ross. Sue line, Sue, Sue line crosser, if you, if you read about the Sue line on HaleVarsity.com. Yeah. So, yeah. My mustache does not hold a candle to his. I, yeah, I but just, just don't go there. Right? <laughs> just, just keep what you got going. Vogues, okay, the, the team to beat in the West is who? Who you circling here for 2022? I mean, I think Wisconsin's a pretty, pretty easy favorite in the West. Um kind of been the case for for quite a while now um you know iowa 
Iowa probably shouldn't be that far behind in my mind. It's just there's such a, a dichotomy between how good that defense is and how little offense they need to to win games. But, you know, it's when you play that game and you cut it close a lot, you just have the opportunity for one of those seasons to eh, maybe the breaks just don't go your way. Although it's been a good three, four, five seasons maybe where I was on a pretty strong run. So I don't think you can – you can discount the Hawkeyes, even looking at that offense, you know, it, they need more out of it, but they bring back a lot of their key playmakers. So there's, there's some potential there. Got some, some holes to fill in the run game, but yeah, I think it's Wisconsin and Iowa in, in that order. And then really maybe outside of Illinois Northwestern, you've got a a pretty serious pack there. That's going to be pretty fun to sort out. Now, ESPN FPI has Nebraska as the team to beat in the Big Ten West. I think it's only by like two percentage points over Wisconsin. It's, it's a tight battle, but your reaction there, I mean, Nebraska, when you look at the roster on paper, it does look like a team that could be, uh, if not number one, maybe the second most talented team in the Big Ten West. It's just a question of can they finally put it all together? Yeah, and, you know, I think you look at the Nebraska schedule, and I'm struggling to remember what Wisconsin's is off the top of my head. I, I seem to recall they – I don't think they leave Madison in their three non-conference games, and it, it was not a murderer's row from last time – from what what I remember from the last time I looked at it. So I think that Nebraska percentage is probably that. Um, oh, hail varsity yearbook. Yeah, I need one of those. Thanks. It's, uh, Wisconsin opens with Illinois State at home, then Washington State at home, and then New Mexico State at home. Yeah, so – New Mexico State's one of the worst teams in FBS college football. Um, so there's there's that. That Washington State game could get a little bit interesting. Just uh, we'll see how fast Washington State's offense can get up and running. Wisconsin's got a ton to replace on defense, um, but they've got a really good coach there and a really good track record of that not being an issue. So, yeah, Wisconsin and Nebraska's schedule, I think, probably sets up maybe a little bit better. It has to be based on the, the cross-division draw, most likely. It, it is because you have Ohio State at Ohio, I should say Wisconsin at Ohio State the 24th. They're at Sparty the 15th. They're at Northwestern. I bring that up because they don't do well at Northwestern typically. They're also at Iowa. They're also at Nebraska. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a pretty daunting road schedule. And they close, Wisconsin does, at Iowa, at uh, Nebraska, Minnesota. So there could be some attrition here's my point with Wisconsin. Your your point is well made with hey, until someone takes them down, Wisconsin's always kind of been the preseason favorite. Iowa uh got that love last year and, and won the won the West. But it, it's it's swinging back the other way, Vogues, with Nebraska's schedule being a bit more favorable. You still gotta go do your work head to head. Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, in some ways, like we can look at this and, and say, okay, well, this schedule's better than what what Nebraska faced last year. Uh, team rankings had it eighth, the eighth with the most difficult schedule in the country last year, and I'm, I'm sure everybody else was pretty close to that. Um, so that helps, but that's not been this team's issue. I mean, against the eighth toughest schedule of the year last, you know, in the country last year, they <laughs> ended up with a positive scoring differential and played everybody close. Like we, we've all covered that. Um, so it's still like the challenge doesn't change for, for Nebraska. It's like, go out there and, and, and do this. Like maybe there's, maybe there's just more pressure because 
we can all look at that kind of six, seven, eight game lead up to a tough, tough November and say, you better get a lot of work done there because that's your opportunity. Well, and for what it's worth, none of these people that we think are going to be players in the Big Ten West, aside from maybe Purdue, have an easy November. Uh, Iowa has Purdue, and then they have Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Minnesota has uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, uh, Iowa, and Wisconsin. The only ones that maybe have it easy are Purdue. They open with Iowa, and they close their November with Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana. So that could be something to watch as we get towards November is Purdue. If they're in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West, by the time we get to November, they do have a very, very uh, doable close to their season. They open with, with Penn State, though. That is true. So that that is... What type of start do they have? Vogue's the most difficult game on Nebraska's schedule in 2022 is who? Michigan on the road. Um, I think I think pretty pretty easily. The the and we'll, and we'll see. Like I think Michigan's going to be pretty good again. Uh, will they be to the level they were last year? Um, I don't know if I'm ready to, to quite say that yet. And, and then after that. Oklahoma probably, which Nebraska gets that at home. Wisconsin is in that group in, in that discussion. Nebraska gets that at home. You know, FPI, uh, I think gave Nebraska. I mean, it's you, you start talking about forty-five percent win percentage, fifty-five percent win probability. It's it's a coin flip, but Nebraska ha- had over fifty percent on that because it's played at home and it's probably earned that. Like it has moved the ball against these good Wisconsin defenses every game under under frost and just has come up a little bit short your take on where oklahoma falls in this this hardest game i mean oklahoma is a bit of a wild card this season with a new head coach uh, a lot of attrition from that roster last season but they're still oklahoma yeah they're still oklahoma and you know i think it's it's fair to expect there to be some uh you know, transitions are tough. Uh, there, there aren't many that are just seamless. I think Venables is a very good coach, and I think he'll do well there. Um, but getting that game early, I would still put Oklahoma as probably the second toughest game on the schedule. Um, you know, you get it at home, so that that helps a little bit, and you get all of the the change the Sooners experienced this off season. That that also helps. But it's like you said, it's it's still Oklahoma. That's a program that's used to winning. That's a talented program still. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, a quick follow-up to that. Which early season game do you think is a better measuring stick game for Nebraska's fans to gauge how good this team is this year? Is it Northwestern or is it Oklahoma? Northwestern, the Big Ten West foe, you know you have to beat them if you want a chance at the Big Ten West crown. But Oklahoma is kind of that that team. If you beat them, you know, you know this could be a top 25 type season for Nebraska. Yeah, that's a really good question. I'll... I'll go with Northwestern just because there's more complications with that. And we've, you know, everyone can see it. Everyone knows Nebraska needs a a fast start. Like you go over there and lose to a Northwestern team. That's probably, I don't know what they're going to be like. Their expectations are what they are this season for a reason. They really hit a Valley last year um, and got to climb back out of that. But they're still a pretty buttoned up team with a really good coach uh, with a strong program foundation. You come back from that and lose. Uh, it's it's not going to be fun for for a couple of weeks. Beat Oklahoma. And this is the thing, you know, when you talk about is that, that Northwestern game, how must win is it? Like, well, if you were to lose, it's going to be ugly. But if you beat Oklahoma three weeks later, uh, you're, you're back on track. Mm. So because that Northwestern games comes first, because it's just got, traveling across across the Atlantic Ocean involved. I'll, I'll go with that one. 
the totally redeem yourself Oklahoma Nebraska opportunity if things go drunkenly sideways in Dublin. Brandon Vogel's with us at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogel's just about a minute and a half left. Who do you think could emerge for Nebraska for Coach Applewhite as RB1, that back that can truly do it all? Catch, block, run, and rock and roll on special teams. Yeah, it sounds like he's, you know, pretty happy with his options there. Uh, I, I still kind of lean towards, well, the, the back I'm most confident in, in doing it all right now is probably Ramir Johnson with his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Gabe Urban, we didn't get to see that a ton from him last year, which is the only reason I might give Ramir a, a slight leg up right now. But Gabe's a, Gabe's a great pass protection guy. Um, I don't think it's a lot to say he's probably a pretty good pass catcher too, just we haven't seen it yet. And then, you know, oh, there's a lot of buzz around Anthony Grant at this point. And go back and look at uh, that highlight run he had in the spring game, and it kind of sent it all flooding back to me. Like, oh, yeah, I remember now. This is why <laughs> This is why he's in the mix at this stage. You know, if, if we see about 70 uh, Marlon Lucky-esque checkdowns, but they're good for seven on first down, you'll, you'll probably take it if you're a Nebraska fan. Go back and look at that Marlon Lucky season. It's one of the more impressive Nebraska seasons I can remember from an offensive player. It's over 1,000 yards rushing and, what, 700 yeah. receiving? We'll take that. Just check it down and, and move the chains. Brandon Vogel with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Managing editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogels will catch up with you this weekend. Thanks for the time today. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. There he is. Brandon Vogel from his football office. We'll hear from Coach Rude and get his thoughts on that uh, linebacker depth. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hey, Storm Chasers fans, a six-game homestand against St. Paul is upcoming, and it all begins on August 2nd. That night is free on the green, which means free berm tickets if you show your FNBO card. The following night is library night, and we're whispering because you can't talk loud in the library, which is why I avoid libraries. Dollar Beer Night is August 4th, and that's also Military Appreciation Night, two of my favorite things. You'll see patriotic jerseys and a whole lot of Budweiser. Nothing more American than that. The weekend slate includes fireworks on Friday night, camo jerseys with an in-game jersey auction on Saturday, and a family fun day on Sunday, which includes Bark in the Park, canned food for tickets, and kids running the bases after the game. Get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Reminder, we are on the road tomorrow. Kick it off a uh, Friday afternoon road show at the Hail Varsity Club in La Vista, uh, kind of between Cabela's and Embassy Suites, making your way eastward on the interstate, or if you're in Omaha, come see us, food and drink specials, and uh, load it up. Uh, excited to have uh, the, the show planned out. We do tomorrow. Uh, some great guests will be there with us, and uh, yeah, Elijah mustache and all will be on stage at the Hale Varsity Club and if you've been there great we appreciate you checking it out 
But if you haven't yet, man, it's it's really incredible. Maybe some of you attended the uh, the Schick and Nick live uh, recording of their podcast. That was incredible. Uh, and if you didn't get to that, come see us and uh, enjoy a Friday night out. Uh, lots of TVs, lots of cold drinks. Uh, the wings are to die for. And I will even vouch for the salads. Okay. Oh, oh what? A salad at a bar? What kind of animal am I? Hey, their salads are phenomenal. If you do a salad right, that's it's really not a bad I little had the, meal. The, the chicken uh, salad with uh, the egg and the croutons, yep. toasted uh, almonds in it. It's well done. I've been doing a salad every single day for lunch for a, a little while here now, just because it's easy to meal prep. You can put some good toppings on there. It doesn't increase the waistline. And maybe I'll grab a salad tomorrow. But I see I've been chained up. In you're going to shake here. me down for a steak. Is what no, you're no, 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 no. I, I might shake you down for a pretzel. Those giant yes, pretzels you see with the pretzels all the pretzels that Hale Varsity, ha- yeah, Hale Varsity Club has uh, incredible pretzels. I say incredible a lot, but when I do say it, I mean it. Yeah, and like I, I've been chained up in the studio, as I said. I haven't gotten the chance to make it up there, and that's been like the top thing on my list of seeing pictures and getting the, the reviews of people I know who have gone. The pretzel I've heard is to die for, and I am looking forward. That's probably the first thing I order tomorrow is I'm going to grab a pretzel. I will take care of you. For the pretzel. I appreciate that. Uh, well, at least I can do, right? Let's hear from Coach Rude. As linebacker is a position of strength right now for Nebraska, arguably the most known quantity on defense when you have Henrich and Reimer, two great players. Two great players that played through a lot. You've got the wear and tear that's a reality in the Big Ten. What type of relief is out there? What type of relief is there uh, for guys that, that may need a break or that, oh, yes, are going to be on special teams. Henrich will be starting on a special teams unit per uh, Coach Bush. Uh, you'll have a guy like Reimer starting on a special teams unit as well. So what kind of uh, work can be done? Uh, and this is Coach Rude talking about one of the names that, that we were really excited to, to talk to on recruiting day. That's Ernest Hausman of Columbus. And he's a phenomenal athlete, big-time player, but also making a push. You've got Va, Malga Clements, that's, that's had a good camp. You've heard that. You've got Snodgrass that's been in the program, really talented player. Now you have Hausman. That's three on top of the two guys you've had. Uh, that, that combined for, for 200 tackles. But here's Rudy a little bit earlier today on Ernest Hausman. He's been great. He, he really has. He works hard. Um, you know, obviously he's uh, a, a great athlete, a very good player, but he's a better he's a better person and a better worker. So that's the, you know, when your intangibles are better than your athleticism and your athleticism is already extremely high, you know, you, you get excited about that. So the the intelligence is there. He's coming in not built like a, a freshman. He's built like a guy whose body type is ready to go play big boy college football in the Big Ten. The other asset that, that Ernest brings to the party is what he can do getting after the quarterback. And this was pretty interesting from Coach Root earlier. I used to have a strength coach named Dave Kennedy. He used to call them shiny cars. Like, I was not a shiny car. Shiny cars look really good. Uh, so Ernest looks the part for sure. Um, 
you know, from an athletic standpoint, I think he's he's just really a fluid, explosive athlete. I mean, not only is he fast, but he moves well side to side. He, he can flip his hips, you know, similar to how a, a pass rusher would flip their hips. There's guys that work that all the time on the edge defensive linemen that do that all the time. It's really, really natural for him, which is not the case for a lot of linebackers. I've been around a lot of great linebackers that were bad pass rushers. He has a natural feel to rush the passer, which you know, I think in modern football, um, the versatility is at a premium. You've got to be able to do a lot of things, especially at the linebacker position. So that's uh, that's upside <laughs> for, for Nebraska for sure. And think of the, the middle linebackers that have been able to I think of Mike Anderson, Coach Chuck would send him on a blitz, Phil Ellis, uh, for sure, Doug Coleman, uh, some of those middle linebackers, Carlos Polk, Foreman was an incredible guy, and, and Foreman was able to play middle and outside. So you, Nebraska's had some some guys in that backing core to get after the quarterback, but not a lot of times do you think of the middle linebacker doing it. I know Levante would come on a blitz once in a yeah, while, it, but not that often. It was that delayed blitz that Levante would bring where he would you know take a, a counter to, look like he's dropping into coverage, and, and, then, shoot in. and then shoot in with that speed that he had, just that, that hybrid type of backer that he was, that the quarterback didn't stand a chance. His closing speed was incredible getting to the quarterback, and that's the, the one guy I think of. Uh, that was just able to get out of the after the quarterback from the middle linebacker spot. But one thing that I think is just great here listening to Coach Rude is the fact that these names that he's listing, they're all Nebraska kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the, uh, the exception of uh, Mauga Clemens, mm-hmm. it's uh, Henrich, Omaha Burt kid. Luke Reimer started out as a Kansas kid, but, but North finished Star his career kid. at North Star. Mm-hmm. North Star. Uh, you have Snodgrass, a York standout. Ernest Houseman, a Columbus standout. All of these guys, not only Nebraska, they're Southeast Nebraska kids, and now they're making an impact, which is just, it's, it's been the, the position where Nebraska has done really well. They're maybe even better than any other position group currently on the team in terms of finding that Nebraska talent and developing that Nebraska talent. Linebacker position's been great. So a little bit longer answer here from Coach Rude, but was asked, and I think Sam McEwen asked the question about rotation. What, what's your depth look like, and can you get... Uh, can you get guys a breather that have been really good for you so they don't wear down? Here is Coach Root. I, I thought that was one of the things I probably did a little bit of a poor job with last year is I need to rotate those guys in a little bit more. I think, you know, going through the rigors of a Big Ten schedule to keep those guys fresh throughout the year, um, you got to take some hits off them, um, you know, so hopefully you can get something. And what the exact rotation is going to be, I don't know, but at least taking some of the hits off them um, and, and getting other guys on the field. And, you know, shoot, that keeps uh, that, keep, that keeps the competition fresh too. You know, if you get a guy uh, breathing down your neck, um, that, that's good for everybody. It, it, it's, it's hard, but at the same time, it, it's a necessity. Um, um, because those are the games where it, it is really critical. You know, obviously that um, you know you, every every play is critical in the Big Ten, but especially when you start playing, you know, the real high level type teams. Um, you know, you got to count on your guys and you got to trust them. And um, like I said, I think that's something I need to do a better job of this year because it's it pays off down the stretch. Listen, you don't want uh, your your two best backers not giving maximum snaps against Ohio State, against Michigan, against Sparty. It's a no-brainer. But what you, what you hope to have is guys behind them where there's no drop-off and you can trust them to go in. I, I think part of the deal was some of the guys behind Henrich and, and Reimer were maybe about a year away. So that's not on Rude. He's taking the uh, the arrow for it. But 
you got to be able you, you got to play guys when they're ready you can't just throw them in the deep end and expect it to go okay we'll wind down hour one uh 15 minutes away grant wistrom with us a tale varsity presented by the nebraska lottery like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at hail varsity i'm brandon vogel managing editor I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So let me ask you this, Elijah. We uh, get the list from 24-7 Sports, the most important games. In September, you have Notre Dame and Ohio State leading the list. That is a potential national championship elimination ball game for either uh, with the non-conference standing. That's that's a sweet matchup. Those two teams and regions hate one another. And uh, good that they're going to settle it on the field. You have Clemson and Wake Forest really don't care. <laughs> uh, and for it to be number two, it's a, it's a lot of that's a lot of bro hugging for the ACC. Bama, Texas, sure. Nostalgia. Uh, pupil and teacher, Arkansas and A&M, also in there, Wisconsin, Ohio State, end of September, Florida and Tennessee. That used to be the game. And the old ball coach would always derail Peyton. Miami and A&M, A&M's got quite a September. Utah, Florida, is Utah for real? We'll find out the 3rd of September. Florida State, are they still in a coma or are they a little bit better? And what's LSU and Brian Kelly got uh, up their sleeve September 4th. Oregon, Georgia. Oregon's new coach was uh, right-hand man at Georgia. So that'll be intriguing. Should Nebraska, Oklahoma, does that have an argument? I think it has a bit of an argument. If both teams are undefeated, they both should be, not just from a nostalgia standpoint, but it is it is, uh, it is your, your springboard from, okay, Nebraska got a win in the Big Ten over Northwestern. Uh, with a lot of pressure on that game to, okay, you took down Oklahoma, that's a ranked squad. Uh, despite their transition, it's still the, the brand. It's still a favorite in the Big 12. And that is that is your launching point, potentially, for for Frost this season and beyond compared to what he's gone through and the underachieving Nebraska's endured. And for Oklahoma, this is going to, put out some fears potentially you go in with a new quarterback only three starters on defense you go win in Lincoln and okay uh, this uh, this isn't Riley anymore but at Venables you know what good hire good hire Oklahoma brass I mean that's to me what it says well I mean I'm looking at this this list that you just uh, reeled off for us and there's at least three games on here where Nebraska-Oklahoma is at least on par with, with these other teams. Clemson and Wake Forest, 
Are you kidding me? Does anyone actually think Wake Forest is going to like have a chance in that game? I think they'll put up some points, but not with this year's Clemson's defense. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no way. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Wake Forest can win that game. I mean, Florida and, and guess Tennessee. what? You'll have to see them again anyway in the ACC title game. I mean, if, if Wake's as good as advertised. Florida and Tennessee, it's not 1998 anymore. Like, I, I don't care about that game, like, really at all. But I guess we can see what, what Napier does with that Florida squad, but I don't care about that game. Florida State and LSU, I mean, that's pretty much the same boat as Nebraska, where you have, uh, I compare LSU to that, that Oklahoma team. they got a new head coach mm-hmm. coming in. You can see what you can do with that. And Florida State hasn't been what they, they were in years past, but you're waiting for it to pop. That's at least on par with Nebraska and Oklahoma. And then the, the game, I get them including on the list, but Alabama and Texas, like, that's a win for Texas if they lose by less than 28. Oh, it's it's. I mean, it's going to be a, a bludgeoning. Yeah. So, like, I don't think you can put that one at number three in the most. I'm excited games of that that's on TV because of of how bad Texas will get annihilated. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 going to be a public execution. Viewers beware. Grant Wistrom up next on Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into an hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Husker Hall of Famer, and uh, College Football Hall of Famer, Grant Wistrom with us. Grant, you missing camp right now? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, and I never miss camp. Ever, 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 ever. Was it a special type of hell this time of year for you guys? Yeah, it was. And it, it started more probably about a month before camp my wife would say i could tell i didn't need a calendar i could tell when training camp was coming up because it was just like i just flipped the the jerk switch and just because i knew that that was as good as i was going to feel for the next six seven months you know i was every day i was just going to feel progressively and progressively worse so um it was just a miserable thought process, but, you know, it's something that you got to go through. 
did it make you more mentally tough knowing that it was coming and you still uh, went uh, went in head first? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, it's it's part of the deal. Um, I understand why they do training camp. I understand why they send you out to the middle of nowhere to do it. Um, but it, I mean, it doesn't mean it's any fun. It's just part of the job requirement. Grant Wistrom's with us. Where where was you? Where did you guys camp for the Rams? Uh, we went to Macomb, Illinois, so Western Illinois University. Okay. Uh, a lovely, lovely, lovely little town in the middle of a bunch of cornfields. <laughs> was there a tavern, or did anyone escape? Oh no, there was a local bar that I, I mean, it, it was a smaller town. You know, there was stuff going on, a couple bars, and uh, we found our way to those and. But it, it was crazy. It was basically a two-lane highway from St. Louis to there. And mm. when camp would get over, it looked like a scene out of Cannonball Run. Um, <laughs> I mean, 16 cars passing one car on a blind hill. I mean, it, I cannot believe nobody died after camp trying to get home. You just touched on one of my favorite movies growing up. Like, I had Cannonball Run 2 on VHS and Beta. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and it was sweet. And we had the unedited version, uh, unbeknownst to my folks. So it was great. So I gotta, I gotta ask you what, what car would you have picked if you were driving in the Cannonball Run? What are you going oh, with? Oh man. Uh, you know, it's got to be something American. You know, I gotta stay American on that, but. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a, a Corvette. You going with Sinatra's Corvette? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I. I well, what are you going with? Well, being a Schmidt, I probably got to go Porsche. Yeah. Because there is no substitute. But but <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's where I'm going. But I, I like your Corvette pick. I like your Corvette pick. Grant Wistrom's with us. Grant, how excited are you? How optimistic are you for Nebraska here in 2022? Um, you know, I, I, I have reserved optimism. I, I'm an optimistic guy. Um, I, I think it would take something like the NIL for Nebraska to write itself. And I think they've done a good job manipulating that system. I don't really care for it a great deal, but mm-hmm. if it's there, you might as well use it as a tool. Um, so I think they've done a great job trying to get some players in that they might not have normally had a shot at. And, uh, you know, this is, I think this is an important year for everybody on that team. And I uh, just hope that this is the year that, you know, we don't have one loss football games. This is the year we start winning those, uh, excuse me, one score football games. This is the year we start winning those, those games. Grant, is it as simple as one of those going right in your mind? Yeah, it is, but it, I believe it's also an attitude that makes those things go right. You know, when we were there, we talk about it all the time. It was never – it did not matter what the score was. We were going to figure out a way to win the game. You know, we were the team on the other side returning the punt to win the game for the touchdown. I mean, that was the mentality that we had. Somebody was going to step up to make that play. So I think it's more than just the ball bouncing our way at the end of those games. It's just a, a mindset that it does not matter what the score is, how much we're down, we're in, uh, how much we're up. It doesn't matter. We're going to find a way to win this football game. And that's more important than the ball bouncing our way. 
Grant Wistrom's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes. Grant, uh, did you guys? You guys didn't have a lot of close games. So, was there? Did 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 panic cross your mind when you got into close games, or were you pretty uh, pretty confident in the fact? Yes, yeah, somebody'd step up, or I will step up. Yeah, there was no panic. There was like. Because the closest game we had during all that, you know, I was obviously, I feel like the Mizzou game. Mm-hmm. Zero panic in that football game. That is a game, if you look at the scoreboard, time on the clock, we're probably not supposed to win that game. Zero panic. It was just, we knew to our core, somebody on the team was going to step up and make a play. And it wasn't Scott, it wasn't Amon, it wasn't Jason, it was Matt Davidson and Shevin Wiggins. Mm-hmm. You know, and those guys... That you know, and I'll say it to Matt's face. Only played made all year, but uh, you know, but but when the time came, they were ready. They were prepared, and they stepped up and accepted the challenge. And it was because they had been paying their dues every day in practice, waiting for their opportunity to get their number called. They weren't superstars. They weren't heroes, but they paid their dues every day in the anticipation that they were going to be in that spot one day, and they would have the, the skills to make that play. Well, it, it speaks to T.O. And, and you guys making sure and the guys themselves, they were ready, right? They were always ready. Yep. Always. Grant, uh, let's talk about a special personality. And uh, I think you could have a breakthrough year, Garrett Nelson. He's been vocal. He's also been the guy that showed up every day. Have you had a chance to speak much with him at all? Uh, and if so, you know, what, what's, what's been the, the messaging, if you care to share, he's, uh, he's a guy that is going to try and will this team to do much better than they've done in the past. Yeah. You know, I've met Garrett on a couple of occasions, uh, really respect his play, uh, respect what he's the leader he's becoming in the locker room. Um, but you know, as far as a lot of in-depth conversations with him, you know, that, that hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just seeing stuff like guys are shaving their heads again, like that in reality isn't a huge deal. All right. They shave their heads, but it's just like, but, but it is because it's, they are removing their own personal identity. You know, Garrett had good looking long hair. He doesn't anymore. He's not, you know, he is, they're a team now and not a bunch of individuals out there. You know, and so shaving your head isn't a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal, man. We're, we're coming together. We're a team. Nobody's above this. We're all the same. We're all in this together. You know, and if he's leading the charge and he's getting the guys to do that, you know, that's a, that's a big step in the right direction. Because I feel like so much of college football, and especially on a team that's struggling to find its identity, that's struggling to find wins, there's so much individuality on that team. And you can't have individuality on a football field. You have to. I mean, yeah, guys can have their own personalities, but they still have to come together and play as a unit and play for each other if you want to have team wins. And if you can get that, then the team wins come. And then it's not so big that I stand out on my own because we're standing out as a group. And like I said, it's not a big deal that they're shaving their heads, but it is a big deal that they're shaving their heads. No, little things. That's one thing that, that I've appreciated about Coach Chenander's side of the ball. The defense, Grant, seems to keep getting better and better. And they've lost some guys, but it feels like they'll be able to, to reload a little bit. They've had to do a lot of 
heavy lifting. I know it's it's a team effort, but the defense has kept him in a lot of ball games. Yeah, but if you've got a side of the ball that needs to have a strong back or strong shoulders and carry it, it needs to be the defense because that's the side of the ball that's just got to be like, screw this, guys. We're going to find a way to win this game and get it done, or we're going to get this stopped. And it's just the mental toughness that comes with that. And you have to have that on defense. And you know if you're going into a game that you're going to carry a large portion of the work, you go into that game with a chip on your shoulder, and that's how you have to play defense with a chip on your shoulder. Grant Wistrom's with us. Grant, uh, do you recall the moment you made the jump from the south locker room to the north locker room? I do. It was a, it was a big day, man. It was, uh, and actually, then it was the north locker room to the south locker room. Thank you. Forgive me. But uh, yeah, hey, that's all right. We got to go way back here, Smitty. Uh, no, man, that was like that. It, that was as big a day to me as when I'm sitting at training camp in St. Louis and I'm eating lunch with Steve Bono and Joe Phillips, guys that I've been watching play football for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's milestones in, in, in your walk through this. And that that's definitely one that I'll never forget. Who alerted you? How are you signaled? And talk about the reception. Um, you know, I, I wish I could remember all the details of it. I'm sure I probably just walked in and none of my stuff was in my locker. And the fourth graduate assistant uh, equipment manager said I'm down at the other end. So I probably slowly shuffled and nervously walked down to the other end of the field. And I, I would have met. I really wish I could remember more of it, Smitty. I really wish I could. But uh, it. Just being a part of that and knowing, like, all right, I, I can do this. I can play with these guys. Uh, and obviously, they think I can do it early mm-hmm. um, was huge to me. I never wanted to redshirt. I know at that time, uh, you know, 99% of the guys that came to Nebraska as freshmen redshirted. Um, but that was never an intent of mine. And just I went out there the first day I was on the practice field and just, you know what, if they're going to redshirt me, I'm going to force their hand and make them make a decision. I'm not going to make it easy on them. Grant Wistrom's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. How do you think Scott navigates this year? Do you think he's able to exhale after Ireland, or do you think it's going to be a constant grind all season of, of pressure for him, uh, the dealing with it? I, you know, I think I would, I would want to feel the pressure all year. Mm-hmm. I would want to not let up on the throttle at all. I, it's just, you just put your foot on the gas and go all year long. You know, he's done a great job had some great hires Worked The NIL system brought in some good players. So the pressure is there on him, mm-hmm. but Scott, Scott's going to put the pressure on himself. There'll be no let up. He knows, you know, it, this is, you know, I, I don't know if it's a make it or break it year for him, but, you know, we're kind of heading in that direction. And I know more than just keeping his job, he wants to do right by the program and turn it around. It's more important to him than just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I think Scott, no matter what happens in Ireland, Scott's going to keep the pressure on himself and on the team all year long. Grant Wistrom, Husker, great Hall of Famer. We'll let you go on this. Dick Vermeil going into the Hall of Fame this weekend in Canton. Your reaction? Are you going to to be there for his induction? Uh, no, he invited me to head out there. 
and it's killing me that I can't make it. Um, I love Coach Vermeil like I love Coach Osborne. I got to say, I I think I'm one of the luckiest players to ever play pro football ever, mm-hmm. just with the, the quality coaches that I've been able to be around, from my high school coaches to my college coaches to my NFL coaches. Um, you know, I've had a lot of them, and I can count the number on two fingers that I didn't respect as a player and felt like they poured more into me as a, a player than I gave back to them on the field. But uh, Coach Ramil, man, um, he's a real one. I love that guy. He still calls. He still writes. Um, and he, I know he loves me like Coach Osborne loves me. And when you've got a guy that cares for you like that, there's nothing you won't do for him. And uh, I'm sorry I'm not going to be in Canton with him. But, man, what a well-deserved honor for a guy that's given his entire life to football um, and just cared for his players all the time. Um, so happy for him, so thankful for him, and uh, I'll be watching for him. And I'll probably – you know Dick's going to cry. That's a given. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's going to happen. There's a good chance I'll be crying with him, man, because he sure deserves it. That's so, you know, I was doing a little research, and Grant, I mean, he's 85. He still looks in his 70s. The, the guy just cranks weightlifting. I mean, he works out like six days a week. He's he's pretty yoked. He is. He has more. I pray that when I'm 50, I have as much energy as he does at 85. That guy never stops. He and his wife, Mrs. Vermeil, they're mm-hmm. both amazing human beings. I uh, love them both. The guy never slows down. He's got just a, a vibrance about him uh, that you just want to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Well, that's awesome that he's headed to the hall. Grant, you're the best man. Great to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, Smitty. Have a great day, man. Grant Wistrom, Husker Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer. Great insight there. His thoughts on 2022 and uh, the topic of shaving the head. It's a subtle big deal. Good to hear from Grant. That'll get posted on the Hale Varsity Radio SoundCloud, the full interview if you want to get caught back up. Reminder uh, about uh, buckling up. Uh, Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Be sure to buckle up this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Thoughts on Nebraska's schedule and uh, delegation as a head coach to an offensive coordinator. Gary Barnett, next on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, with us. Northwestern, Colorado, Hall of Fame career at Missouri. Coach, how's the week been? 
Uh, it's been hot here, Chris, but uh, it's a good week overall. Uh, football practice started, and that always makes it uh, a little more exciting and fun. And um, I get to go. I go to practice every morning and just sort of check them out. They just they didn't start till Tuesday, so mm-hmm. they've been uh, uh, two days in just helmets. And now I think today's the first day in in shoulder pads and helmets. So it's. Um, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting time, but we're a lot like you guys in that uh, nobody knows what to expect. You know, we're not picked at the very anywhere close to the top, and playing the respect card on 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 the, uh, at practice and that sort of stuff. So, uh, two very similar situations, I'd say. That unknown can be good or it can be fearful, uh, depending uh, what fan you're you're talking to, and. You know, how did you treat that that unknown as as a coach? You you to me are are optimistic, so I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably drifted into the here's what I think we can be and it can be pretty good in some areas. Did you take that approach? Well, I I think we just you have confidence in yourselves. You have confidence in your players. Uh and you, you, once once the season starts, you just you tune out all the noise and you get the players to tune out the noise, and they'll do that, and especially during camp. Camp's a grind. It's a fun grind. They don't listen to any TV. They don't watch any shows. You know, it's just it's a grind, and so you're really just focused on the football piece of it and your team and your job, and, <clears throat> you know, this uh, – I think a lot of it depends on how many seniors you have, how much experience you have. Um, you know, if you've got a good number of seniors, then they're sort of, uh, you know, as they say now, coach fed and player led. And it's, um, you know, they, they do a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting for you. But uh, everybody's got great spirits to start. and Everybody's got great optimism. And then it comes down to how they handle the adversities of camp, mm. and, and which usually means injuries, but, you know, things that pop up and, so, uh, you know, if you got a good number of seniors, then, um, you know, all that stuff sort of gets handled. If you don't, then, then it's, it's more of a grind for coaches because coaches have to do the leading. So it's, you know, it's pretty interesting. It's fun. It is. You're, you're really growing together. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to get your take as, as we talk Nebraska's schedule and uh, before we get into to game week and kick off. You know, where do you rank the Northwestern game for Nebraska on a on a difficulty scale? And I look at Nebraska's schedule, their their home games against some name teams, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Minnesota all come to, to Lincoln in a in a grander scale. You're at Purdue, you're at Michigan, you're at Iowa, you have Illinois, you have Indiana. Uh, that are that are going to be in Lincoln, and you haven't fared well against Purdue or or Illinois the last few years. You haven't fared well against anybody really, and then you have that that uh, neutral site international game against Northwestern. I I put that game as top three most difficult for Nebraska just because of the pressure surrounding the game, getting off to a good start, and also you know the the potential distraction. How. Uh, how uh, tricky can can kick off week zero be? Do you think for Nebraska? Yeah, it can be real tricky. Uh, I mean, it's it'd be trickier if you were playing somebody that uh, uh, you know had had a 
and won nine last year instead of just won three like right. Northwestern did. So two very similar teams. And so uh, it is a win. It's a game you have to go win uh, if you're Northwestern. You, I mean, if you're, well, either one, but mm-hmm. especially if you're Nebraska, you've got to go win this game. And uh, everybody in that room should know that, that uh, you have to avoid the distractions. You as a team and um, as coaches, you have to, try to control that, but you have to avoid the distraction, go on a mission. This this is not a fun trip. This is a trip to get it all started. And so it, I think it's a pretty critical game. It's it's probably as critical to any game they're going to play all year. Coach, what what either road venue or or team that came to to Chicago was a thorn for you and and what team do you think as you look at the Big 10 in 2022? could make some noise or be be a problem? Uh, there's the obvious names, but what's one that might be under the radar? Well, I think when you look at the West and you've got nine, four teams that won nine games last year, Yeah, and and really they all should be as good as they were last year. I mean, I think I think that's, 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 that's your grind right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wisconsin was always a very difficult game for us, and Iowa was a very difficult game for us. Um, you know, and, and of course Ohio State, but you, you guys don't have to play Ohio State. You got Minnesota. I mean, you got Michigan this year, but not Ohio State. Which, you know, there may not be much difference this year. But, um, you know, f- for us, the Wisconsin game uh, was always tough, and, and Iowa was always tough. Coach, going to talk and ask about uh, delegation. You're a head coach. You're an offensive guy. You also had a coordinator. Was there ever a time in, in your career where you just called plays as a head coach, or did you always have a coordinator? No, I always had a coordinator as a head coach. Um, and so, um, uh, and, you know, and I was highly involved. But, but the, the both times that I became a head coach, I – I went to an offense that I didn't know the ins and outs of. Mm. So when I went to Northwestern, we went to spread one back and my background was not in that at all. So I had to, I had two coaches that had both coached in it heavily and coordinated with it. So I turned it pretty much over to those guys. And, And then of course, after two years, I said, this isn't working. And so then I got involved and uh, we changed and, and went to more of a ball control. In order to win that league, we could not be a spread team and do all the things we were doing at that time. And so we went to ball control. When I came back to Northwestern or to Colorado, um, we went to the West Coast. And the West Coast, uh, you know, there was a guy on staff here that knew it um, and um, knew it really well. And so Tom Cable, and, and so I kept Tom as the coordinator, and then everybody on our staff learned it. And, um, and, and that, that, was, that was good. We stayed with it the whole time. Was it easy to, to delegate, or, I mean, you were the, the man running the show. How much did you uh, shadow uh, the, the delegation is the best way to ask. Well, you know, the the proper answer is is you should turn it over to them, let them go. But the real answer is 
No, I probably dabbled in it too much. I mean, it was really hard to turn it over because, you know, I had a system and I knew it inside and out. And when, when X happened and I did Y, when Y happened, I did W, you know, and I didn't see that in these other systems and it drove me crazy. So, uh, but eventually, um, you know, especially with Sean Watson, I was able to just totally turn the reins over to him and trust he and, and, um, uh, our staff with that offense and and that that one became really easy to do uh, the the other offense was tougher Gary Barnett's with us Hale Varsity Radio coach uh, last thought here you've got a list of some of the most important games in September this list from uh, 24-7 it's got Notre Dame Ohio State listed number one Bama and Texas three A&M Arkansas four Wisconsin-Ohio State is there, Oregon-Georgia, Florida State-LSU, Utah and Florida, also Miami and A&M. There's also Tennessee and uh, the Gators. Nebraska-Oklahoma not on there, but Clemson and and Wake Forest come in. What game – I just listed a billion games off to you, but what game are you kind of – Well, I I throw throw Penn State-Purdue in there. Uh, Yeah, that's the opener. That's that's an opener, and that's – that's a big game. I think Cincinnati, Arkansas is a huge game, um, you know, for Cincinnati. I, you know, I mean, it's, we really have uh, a pretty good list of games going down there. Um, Oregon, Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that one's huge. But, um, you know, I think probably the biggest one is, is what they mentioned is I think Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame is probably probably as, as big as any of them and, and maybe the biggest. Friday night games uh, with uh, the expansion of the Big Ten. Do you anticipate continued Friday night football, or does that go away? What's your take on it? Oh, I think it's going to stay. I, I think TV is looking for TV times that will that will uh, grab folks, and I, I think Friday night football is probably here to stay. As much as I don't really agree with it, because as a former high school coach, I always thought – you know, Friday nights for, for the high schools. But, you know, that, that stuff went away 20 years ago. And, and so uh, I think now it's just, it's just a matter of habit that people are going to tune in and watch a good college football game on a Friday night. I mean, do you throw Rutgers out in California uh, for, uh, for an 8 Eastern? But, uh, well, I guess that'd be a 5 Pacific kick. I mean, do you do, you do the, the, the coast-to-coast matchups for Friday? Do you save those? Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. Give yourself an extra day. I, I, if I were thinking that through, I think that's a, probably a pretty good idea. If, uh, if, if that comes to fruition as it looks like it will, but, uh, yeah, I think that's how you do it. And it's, it's, uh, but that gives you a shorter day on the, uh, preparation end. And so it's, you know, you got, you got to sort of weigh the difference, but, Depends on the time of the year. You know, if it's later in the year, I think that that preparation time isn't quite as important as it would be early in the year. So, uh, you know, uh, but I do think that's a real possibility. Just get me out to La La Land in November. I'm happy. Yeah, get me some good weather. <laughs> yeah, get you have Rutgers go there in uh, in November. I think they might enjoy it. They'd take it. Gary Barnett with us, Hall of Fame coach. Coach, hit him far and straight this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes with us. All right, Chris, great being with you. 
Good to hear from Coach Gary Barnett with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Grant Wistrom kicked off Hour 2. Podcast will have the whole show, so check that out. Brandon Vogel with us earlier. Plenty of thoughts on special teams, the running back room, and uh, we heard from Barrett Rood on linebacker depth with what he's trying to do and forge forward behind uh, Henrich and Reimers. Uh, good, uh, good rundown today post-practice from coordinator Bill Bush as well with how he wants to set things up. We'll uh, talk a little gambling next as Danny Burke will join us. He's with VEASAN Sports Network. Some baseball postseason thoughts with the trade deadline and uh, some Big Ten futures on the way with Hale Varsity Radio. There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. And we're back. Fellas, think we could... Listen to the radio whistle. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, with us. Northwestern, Colorado, Hall of Fame career at Missouri. Coach, how's the week been? Uh, it's been hot here, Chris, but uh, it's a good week overall. Uh, football practice started, and that always makes it uh, a little more exciting and fun. And um, I get to go. I go to practice every morning and just sort of check them out. They just they didn't start till Tuesday, so mm-hmm. they've been uh, uh, two days in just helmets. And now I think today's the first day in in shoulder pads and helmets. So it's. Um, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting time, but we're a lot like you guys in that uh, nobody knows what to expect. You know, we're not picked at the very anywhere close to the top, and playing the respect card on 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 the uh, at practice and that sort of stuff. So, uh, two very similar situations, I'd say. That unknown can be good or it can be fearful, uh, depending uh, what fan you're you're talking to, and. You know, how did you treat that that unknown as as a coach? You you to me are are optimistic, so I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably drifted into the here's what I think we can be, and it can be pretty good in some areas. Did you take that approach? Well, I I think we just you have confidence in yourselves, you have confidence in your players, uh, and you, you, once. Once the season starts, you just you tune out all the noise, and you get the players to tune out the noise, and they'll do that. And especially during camp, camp's a grind. It's a fun grind. They don't listen to any TV. They don't watch any shows. You know, it's just it's a grind. And so you're really just focused on the football piece of it and your team and your job. And <clears throat> you know, this uh, it, it, I think a lot of it depends on how many seniors you have, how much experience you have. Um, you know, if you've got a good number of seniors, then they're sort of, uh, you know, as they say now, coach fed and player led. And it's, um, you know, they, they do a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting for you. But 
uh, everybody's got great spirits to start and everybody's got great optimism. And then it comes down to how they handle the adversities of camp mm. and, uh, and which usually means injuries, but you know, things that pop up. And so, uh, you know, if you got a good number of seniors, then, um, you know, all that stuff sort of gets handled. If you don't, then, then it's, it's more of a grind for coaches because coaches have to do the leading. So it's, you know, it's pretty interesting. It's fun. It is. You're, you're really growing together. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Var City Radio. Coach, I want to get your take as, as we talk Nebraska's schedule and uh, before we get into to game week and kick off, you know, where do you rank the Northwestern game for Nebraska on a, on a difficulty scale? And I look at Nebraska's schedule, their, their home games against some name teams, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Minnesota all come to, to Lincoln in a, in a grander scale. You're at Purdue, you're at Michigan, you're at Iowa, you have Illinois, you have Indiana uh, that are, that are going to be in Lincoln, and you haven't fared well against Purdue or, or Illinois the last few years. You haven't fared well against anybody, really. And then you have that, that uh, neutral site international game against Northwestern. I, I put that game as top three most difficult for Nebraska just because of the pressure surrounding the game, getting off to a good start, and also you know, the, the potential distraction. How, uh, how uh, tricky can, can kickoff week zero be, do you think, for Nebraska? Yeah, it can be real tricky. I mean, it's, it'd be trickier if you were playing somebody that, uh, uh, you know, had had a had won nine last year instead of just won three like right. Northwestern did. So two very similar teams. And so uh, it is a win. It's a game you have to go win uh, if you're Northwestern. You, I mean, if you're, well, either one, but especially if you're Nebraska, you've got to go win this game. And – uh, everybody in that room should know that, that uh, you have to avoid the distractions. You as a team and um, as coaches, you have to try to control that, but you have to avoid the distraction, go on a mission. This, this is not a fun trip. This is a trip to get it all started. And so it, I think it's a pretty critical game. It's, it's probably as critical to any game they're going to play all year. Coach, what what either road venue or – or team that came to to Chicago was a thorn for you, and and what team do you think, as you look at the Big Ten in twenty twenty two, could make some noise or be be a problem? Uh, there's the obvious names, but what's one that might be under the radar? Well, I think when you look at the West, and you got nine four teams that won nine games last year, yeah, and and really they all should be as good as they were last year. I mean, I think. I think that's 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 your grind right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wisconsin was always a very difficult game for us, and Iowa was a very difficult game for us. Um, you know, and, and of course Ohio State, but you, you guys don't have to play Ohio State. You got Minnesota. I mean, you got Michigan this year, but not Ohio State. Which you know, there may not be much difference this year. But um, you know, f- for us, the Wisconsin game. Uh, was always tough, and, and Iowa was always tough. Coach, going to talk and ask about uh, delegation. You're a head coach. You're an offensive guy. You also had a coordinator. Was there ever a time in, in your career where you just called plays as a head coach, or did you always have a coordinator? No, I always had a coordinator as a head coach. Um, 
And so, um, uh, and, you know, and I was highly involved, but, but the, the, both times that I became head coach, I, I went to an offense that I didn't know the ins and outs of. Mm. So when I went to Northwestern, we went to spread one back and my background was not in that at all. So I had to, I had two coaches that had both coached in it heavily and coordinated with it. So I turned it pretty much over to those guys. And, and then of course, after two years, I said, this isn't working. And so then I got involved and uh, we changed and, and went to more of a ball control. In order to win that league, we could not be a spread team and do all the things we were doing at that time. And so we went to ball control. When I came back to Northwestern or to Colorado, um, we went to the West Coast. And the West Coast, uh, you know, there was a guy on staff here that knew it um, and um, knew it really well. And so Tom Cable, and, and so I kept Tom as the coordinator, and then everybody on our staff learned it. And, um, and, and that, that, was, that was good. We stayed with it the whole time. Was it easy to, to delegate, or, I mean, you were the, the man running the show. How, how, uh, how, 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 uh, how much did you uh, shadow uh, the, the delegation is the best way to ask. Well, you know, the, the proper answer is, is you should turn it over to them and let them go. But the real answer is, no, I probably dabbled in it too much. I mean, it was really hard to turn it over because, you know, I had a system and I knew it inside and out. And when, when X happened and I did Y, when Y happened, I did W, you know, and I didn't see that in these other systems and it drove me crazy. So, uh, but eventually, um, you know, especially with Sean Watson, I was able to just totally turn the reins over to him and trust he and, and, um, uh, our staff with that offense. And, and that, that one became really easy to do. Uh, the, the other offense was tougher. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, last thought here. You've got a list of some of the most important games in September. This list from uh, 24-7, it's got Notre Dame, Ohio State listed number one, Bama and Texas three, A&M, Arkansas four, Wisconsin, Ohio State is there, Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, LSU, Utah and Florida, also Miami and A&M. There's also Tennessee and uh, the Gators, Nebraska, Oklahoma, not on there, but Clemson and, and Wake Forest come in. What game? I, I just listed a billion games off to you, but what game are you kind of? Well, kind of I, I, throw, I, I throw Penn State, Purdue in there. Yeah, that's the uh, opener. Know, I think yeah, that's that's an opener, and that's that's a big game. I think Cincinnati, Arkansas is a huge game. Um, you know, for Cincinnati, you know, I mean, it's, we really have. Uh, a pretty good list of games going down there. Um, Oregon, Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that one's huge. But, um, you know, I think probably the biggest one is is what they mentioned is I think Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame is probably probably as, as big as any of them and, and maybe the biggest. Friday night games uh, with uh, the expansion of the Big Ten. Do you anticipate – continued Friday night football or does that go away? What's your take on it? Oh, I think it's going to stay. I, I think TV is looking for TV times that will, that will, uh, 
grab folks. And I, I think Friday night football is probably here to stay as much as I don't really agree with it because as a former high school coach, I always thought, you know, Friday nights were for the high schools, but you know, that, that stuff went away 20 years ago. And, and so uh, I think now it's just, it's just a matter of habit that people are going to tune in and watch a good college football game on a Friday night. I mean, do you throw Rutgers out in California uh, for a, for an eight Eastern, but uh, well, I guess that'd be a five Pacific kick. I mean, do you do you do the 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 coast to coast matchups for Friday? Do you save those? Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. Give yourself an extra day. I, I, if I were thinking that through, I think that's a, probably a pretty good idea. If uh, if if that comes to fruition, as mm-hmm. it looks like it will, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's how you do it, and it's it's. Uh, but that gives you a shorter day on the uh, preparation end, and so it's you, know, you got to sort of weigh the difference. But depends on the time of the year. You know, if it's later in the year, I think that that preparation time isn't quite as important as it would be early in the year. So uh, you know, but I do think that's a real possibility. Just get me out to La La Land in November. I'm happy. Yeah, get me some good weather. <laughs> Yeah, get you have Rutgers go there in uh, in November. I think they might enjoy it. They'd take it. Gary Barnett with us, Hall of Fame coach. Coach, hit him far and straight this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes with us. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Good to hear from Coach Gary Barnett with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Grant Wistrom kicked off Hour 2. Podcast will have the whole show, so check that out. Brandon Vogel with us earlier. Plenty of thoughts on special teams, the running back room, and uh, we heard from Barrett Rood on linebacker depth with what he's trying to do and forge forward behind uh, Henrich and Reimers. Uh, good, uh, good rundown today post-practice from coordinator bill bush as well with how he wants to set things up we'll uh, talk a little gambling next as danny burke will join us he's with Vison sports network some baseball postseason thoughts with the trade deadline and uh, some big 10 futures on the way with hail varsity radio pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money i'm brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, you are invited to get a cold beer and a tasty burger. Or whatever you like at the Hale Varsity Club as we are in La Vista tomorrow. Kick it off uh, a run of Friday shows leading up to Ireland at the Hale Varsity Club. The 23rd of August, they're going to have day by day. They'll have a screening there. You can log on HaleVarsityClub.com and uh, get your tickets for that. But uh, Elijah and I are, are, are roadieing. Are, are we going to ride together? Is that too weird? 
Tomorrow? Yeah. Might as well. We'll do paper, rock, scissors. Who gets to, to fill the tank? Even though gas is decreased in price for 50 straight days. Maybe that's what uh, our new steak and a beer bet will be this year. It's, it's who fills the gas tank <laughs> next Friday. For gas. <laughs> <laughs> Not it. <laughs> Dude, I, I hear you. And all the trips to Omaha for baseball this year for junior. You're just, but it's fine, whatever. No, I can't wait. In all honesty, uh, come see us, enjoy. We're there four to six. Hopefully you had a chance to, to go out to the live Chick and Nick show a few weeks back. That was just incredible from what it looks like. And uh, we invite you out. So if you're in Omaha, come see us. If you're uh, in Lincoln, uh, totally invited up and uh, tell some buddies and to check it out. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have Bill Dolman. He'll join us from the People's Republic of Denver. Mm. He'll join us from there. It's not too long till Billy D relocates here to uh, Nebraska. So we will uh, either kidnap him or just politely ask him uh, with his schedule permitting to at least bring us beers during the show. <laughs> <laughs> He'll bring us those beers and throw them in our face. But no, Bill Dolman tomorrow. Uh, Jacob Padilla going to join us. Jacob had some great stuff today on HaleVarsity.com with Nebraska's uh, post-practice today. We'll get his take as the season looms. And uh, Uncle Jerry is back with us. Coach Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network. BTN was on site today to check out Nebraska's practice. They're on their way back to Chicago now to see Northwestern's morning practice. So we'll get Coach uh, live tomorrow, either in the 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock hour, to get his thoughts. But uh, Coach shared a little bit of thoughts and some insight on Twitter. And it it comes down to to special teams, the emphasis. He liked the practice today. We'll get a little bit more in-depth from him on what specifically he liked. But it is. It's going to be quarterback play. It's going to be turnovers. It's going to be special teams that allows Nebraska to have a, a breakthrough season. This, uh, this upcoming year. Yeah, plenty of good guests tomorrow, though. I'm looking forward to all that, but really looking forward to talking with Jacob because he decided to, to, to take his afternoon and cook me on Twitter. They're, they're, now, Jacob, will he will he will have a steel chair in each hand and come off the top row. Yeah, because uh, our, our friends up in Omaha, 590 ESPN, put up a Twitter poll, whose mustache is better, Elijah's or, or Coach Rude's? And right now, the numbers look like uh, 85% are saying Coach Rude, 15% are saying Elijah Herbal. How many times have you had friends and family vote the 15%? Well, I, this is what Jacob said, is, is uh, he did the math on how many votes we had and what the percentage were, and he said, you have three votes so far, which is honestly more than I expected. And that, and listen, one, that one hurt me. It's nothing against your mustache, <laughs> but Rudy's mustache is good. And it was a bad picture of mine. We'll go with that. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. Talk to you tomorrow from the Hale Varsity Club at 4. See ya. A Huda Media Production.